What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the DOW Freedom Fighters podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Dale and Lee and Noah here with uh, DOW Freedom Fighters podcast. Uh, we got a special guest on this evening, a friend of mine, friend of ours. Guy's uh, doing a lot of things great for the veteran community. He is a veteran himself, Marine Corps veteran. How you doing, Ricky? I'm good, man. How you guys doing? Doing good, buddy. Doing good, man. So, Rick, let's let's go through some stuff, man. Let's, you know, I know you give this spill a lot, so yeah, um, you know, I know you kind of have a platform. So just go ahead and and go through it, man. Tell them tell them who you are, what you're about, and what you know. Some of your story here, bud. Sure. Well, um, uh, my name is Ricky Johnson. I'm 41. Um, I'm originally from East Prairie, but uh, now I live in Jacksonville, North Carolina, by Camp Lejeune. Um, I work for an organization called Veteran Services of the Carolinas. Uh, what we do is we're, we're a nonprofit, and our services are free. Uh, we connect veterans and veteran family members with potential resources like food, clothing, um, employment, Basically, anything a veteran might need, we can connect them with where to go. So my job title here in the East is I'm a peer support specialist. And I'm also an outreach coordinator. Um, so guys, I'm also a five-year Marine veteran. I was a 1391 bulk field specialist. Um, I never saw combat, uh, never was deployed. Uh, the most intense battles that I, that I ever fought was, fought was with myself. So about two years ago, um, I was blessed with an opportunity to uh, speak on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. About a year and a half ago, I was appointed to a state committee by the North Carolina Speaker of the House, Mr. Tim Moore. Um, I don't share that with you to brag or boast. Um, I share that with you for multiple reasons. Uh, one of the reasons I share that with you is just to give you, a signif- give you the significance of where I started at. You know, when I tell you I lost everything multiple times, um, I mean that literally. Uh, the other reason I, t- I share that with you is, you know, the, the folks in Washington, D.C., in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, they can they can benefit our cause, but not a lot of them can not a lot of them can relate to this brotherhood that we have. Uh, my 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 mission and my goal is and my passion is to support the veteran population. So besides being a five year Marine veteran, um, I'm also a three time convicted felon uh, for methamphetamines and DWIs. I spent some time in prison. Um, I spent five years on felony probation. Um, I paid in the state of Missouri close to $16,000 in fines and court costs. Guys, in the past 25 years that I could legally drive, um, I've not had a driver's license for 17 of those years. Um, I, I have no bitter feelings toward, I have no resentment or bitter feelings toward poor law enforcement. Um, they've done their job with me. Um, everything that I was charged and convicted of, I was 100% guilty of doing. Um, I, I now collaborate with law enforcement. Um, I, I share my perspective with them, and they share theirs with me. Um, I'm also a mentor in Veterans Treatment Court. Um, I lost both of my parents to substance use. Uh, my mother was my mother was 49, and my dad was 52. Uh, they were both chronic alcoholics. Um, growing up, I really had no excuse to become who I was. Uh, but the truth is. I was exposed to substance use as a kid. Um, I can still remember my, my family. I, I grew up in it. I can still remember my family uh, letting me taste alcohol like four, five, six, you know, as a young kid. And they created a monster with me. And I don't, I don't, I don't blame them for the choices that I made. But being exposed to that, it, uh, it impacted my life in a very, a very traumatic way. Um, also, as a child, I was, I was violated by a family member sexually. And uh, that, um, that also impacted my life in a very, very traumatic way. So I get to high school. Um, I was I was pretty well liked by my peers. I made good grades and I was athletic. Um, the summer before my senior year, uh, my son was born. I was 17 years old. I was a boy having a baby, and I thought I was a man. I had no clue as to as to what I was doing or, or how to be a man. 
I needed some structure, some guidance, and discipline, and um, I joined the Marine Corps, and the Marine Corps gave that to me. Um, as, you know, as you know, as Marines, we're very obsessive, very extreme, very competitive people, um, and add substance use into that mix, that extreme, that extreme culture and personality, it about killed me. It was a perfect storm, but what the Marine Corps stood into me was the ability to improvise, adapt, and overcome, and that's probably what, what saved my life down the road is not giving up. So guys, I discharged from the Marine Corps. I had, I had good intentions. I was gonna go back to Missouri and be be the father to my son that that I never had. And when I say that, guys, my my biological father wasn't a bad man. He was just in and out of my life due to his own struggles. And I'm not, you know, I was never mad at him. And as I mentioned, he passed he passed away due to his alcoholism. Uh, the only the only dad that I ever really knew was my stepdad. He's a great man. A lot of who I am today is because of him. So if I, if I told you that I made my son a priority, um, I'd be lying to you. When I, when I discharged, I went back to Missouri. My, my ability to cope with life and just be, be, be mature was lacking, and I dove headfirst into substance use, uh, methamphetamine, pills, alcohol. Um, my son saw me get high. Uh, I let him get high in front of me. Uh, my son was with me on drug deals. I exposed my son to some very very twisted environments, and I know, I know that that sounds very twisted because it is. Um, I had so much guilt and shame that I couldn't tell him no. And in my mind, in my mind, I was thinking, I'm going to show him the right way how to do the wrong thing. So in this time period, um, my mother passes away. I was a mama's boy. I used my mother's death as an excuse to get more, uh, more heavily involved into, into narcotics. And guys, when I say that I sold, when I when I say that I sold narcotics, I'm not glorifying that by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I was a nickel and dime thief. I sold drugs to facilitate a habit. It's not something I'm proud of. It's just that's what I did. Um, and so as I mentioned, um, I got more involved in, in, in into my addiction. Um, I started catching drug charges, DWIs. Um, I, and my and my stepdad. I was living with my living with my stepdad at the time. Um, I don't know if I mentioned mentioned this to you. Um, the past in the past 25 years that I could legally drive, I've not had a driver's license for 17 of those years. Uh, my license were suspended or revoked. Um, this past, my past DWI, I lost my license for 10 years, and I get them back in 2022. So I was living, I was living with my stepdad. Um, he got sick of my mess. He just said, "Ricky, listen." He said, "I'm done with you." He said, "You won't stop stealing. You won't stop lying." He said, oh, "You're a terrible example to Landon, and you won't stay sober." And he put me out. You know, I was homeless for a couple of years. Um, and and they'll 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 see me a lot of times when I was in my my prior life. I was I was not a not a very good person. When I, so guys, when I was homeless, I ended up in this rescue mission. And I'm in this rescue mission. I had three changes of clothes to my name, and that was it. And um, I'm not the most religious individual, but I believe in God, and I'm spiritual. And I said a prayer. I said, God, if you get me out of pits of hell, I'll always get back to the next man. I never doubt you when things don't go my way. And I'll always, I'll always give you credit when I'm blessed. And I stood on that prayer, and I meant it. Um, people often ask me, you know, I spent 10 years in and out of active addiction, and people often ask me, you know, why did it take you so long to come out of it? And this is the way I want to frame it because we can all relate to this. It was a comfortable misery. And what I mean by comfortable misery is if, you, if you've ever been in a relationship where you're miserable, you can be at a job that you hate. I see this. I do, I do community outreach, and I see this with the homeless population often. It can be with an individual who's done an extended period of time incarcerated. Okay, You can be in an environment that's very toxic and destructive, but the, the more time you spend in it, you develop these skills and tools to help you to survive, and you become good at it. And the thought of transitioning into this new environment is the fear of the unknown. It's overwhelming, and we doubt our abilities. So for me, 
it was easier it was easier to stay in addiction um the thought of committing to something new it was it was just it took effort and to be honest with you i was lazy so guys a, a lot of times the the choices that we make that are the most beneficial they're not always the most they're not always the most enjoyable a, a quote that i live by to this day that i tell myself every day is when you're not a coward the climb is always going to be uphill and what that means is, is you know structured discipline a routine is it's not always fun it's doing the same things over and over and over um, success and progress is not it's not always exciting it could be very boring it's a steady glow um, it's not it's not something flashy so at this rescue mission as i mentioned um, i was i was committed to making this change and while i was there i crossed paths with, with an angel she's not my wife uh, my wife my wife worked at an office down from where i was staying at we crossed paths uh, long story short meeting her changed everything for me um she she saw something in me that i didn't see and she believed in me um, i married way out of my league um, my wife has two master's degrees and i got three felonies so <laughs> we, we, we balance one another out uh, meeting, meeting her she said she set boundaries with me from the very beginning she's like listen ricky if we're going to be together all this crazy stuff from your past is not going to fly with me but prior to meeting her i was divorced twice i was promiscuous i was reckless um, and my, I didn't have any morals or values. And my wife's the epitome of all those things. And she said, if we're going to be together, you're going to have to stay sober, get a job, and respect me. And I needed somebody to set those boundaries with me, and she meant it. So, guys, you know, as you know in life, when things are going very smooth and falling into place, it's very easy to be positive and motivated. It's easy to treat people well. When things aren't going our way, the way that we treat people in those situations and the way that we recover, that's who we really are. Um, most most all of us are going through the same things, but the way that we recover, that's what, that's, that's what creates who we're to become. So guys, all that time that I spent worrying about what Ricky, what Ricky wanted, what Ricky needed, poor Ricky, Ricky's addiction, um, I, I neglected the person that needed me the most, and that was my son. Uh, my son, he felt like he didn't have any worth or value. Um, my, be, my behaviors and actions proved my words to be a lie, okay? Um, on December 12, 2015, I get a phone call. Um, my son went to a city park and he took his own life. He hung himself. So as you can imagine, um, his death, it knocked the piss out of me. You know, I wake up every day with a huge hole in my chest. I go to sleep the same with a huge hole in my chest. But the thing, but, but the thing about his death is what it done for me. It killed me, but it inspired me. It inspired me to be a better person. Okay. It holds me accountable. So every day when I leave my house, I'm very aware of how my actions can, can impact somebody in a negative way. Um, I don't necessarily blame myself for my son's death, but my, my, my actions impacted his mental health. So, guys, at this time in my life, I was very confused. Um, I was hurt. I was struggling. And what I found therapeutic for me was I started doing outreach on social media. And when I say outreach, I just started sharing with the world everything that I had done. I took responsibility. I admitted, you know, I, I admitted to being a liar, a thief, a drug addict. Um, I, admitted to put, I admitted to putting substance use in front of my kid. And by me doing that, it gave me a sense of purpose and accomplishment and worth. And I was able to connect with other people. Um, I didn't know this. I didn't know this at the time, but that was God's way of conditioning me, preparing me for the career that I have now. So when people were seeing me being so, you know, visible, taking responsibility for these bad choices, that made them feel safe enough to do the same. They're like, you know what? If Ricky's in front of everybody saying, "Yeah, I stole. Yeah, I was, I was a liar," that made them feel safe enough to take responsibility for their choices. So about three years ago, um, you know, my wife and I, we moved to Asheville, North Carolina. I came to Asheville with no driver's license, um, three felonies, and a terrible work history. Uh, most every job that I had after the Marine Corps, I lost due to substance use. 
And guys, I'm not the greatest speaker. Um, I'm not the greatest in any one thing. I still get in front of groups of people and stutter. My throat still gets dry. I still get nervous. I still forget what I'm going to say. But best believe I'm damn sure going to show up, okay? Um, some things to remember, and this is what I live by. Like I said, I'm not the greatest at anything, but this is what I know how to do. To persevere and be res- I know how to persevere and be resilient. And guys, to persevere and be resilient, it doesn't take talent or a gift. It's getting up over and over and not giving up. I know how to do that. I knew how to inspire people. And, guys, when I say inspire people, that doesn't mean you have to be a hero. Uh, be who you say that you are. Practice what you preach. Personify what you teach. Um, every time I step in front of – I mean, you guys and it, it, people in general that watch what I do, you you hold me accountable without knowing about it because I care to let you down. Um, I care to be who I say that I am. I care to be a good example. Um, and a quote that I live by is, if a man is right, his word will be right. And what else? What else I knew how to do was be. I knew how to. I knew how to listen to people. I knew how to be present with somebody. And guys, to be therapeutic, you don't have. You don't have to be a therapist. Just be willing to listen and be present. I knew how to do those things. So while while in Asheville, I was putting in applications at the Outlet Mall. I couldn't get a call back due to my drug felonies. I was at English grocery store one day, and this is how my career took off. Um, I crossed paths with a Marine veteran who was probably about seventy-five. He had a Marine Corps hat on, and I walk up to him, and I said, excuse me, sir, Semper Fi, I appreciate your service. Well, he invited me to a Marine Corps League meeting, and I show up. They asked me to introduce myself, and I more or less told them what I'm telling you. I said, this is who I used to be. This is who I am now. This is what I'm trying to get to. I had a vision I had a vision and a goal, but I didn't have a plan, and I kept telling my wife, I said, I know God has got me. I know something's going to I know something's going to open up for me. I know a door's going to open. Well, at that Marine Corps League meeting, about 10 minutes after I spoke, this guy walks up to me named Brandon Wilson. Uh, Brandon stands about five foot five. He's a Marine. He's, he's a Marine combat veteran, short in stature, but he's had a huge impact on my life. Uh, Brandon approaches me. He said, "What are you doing right now?" And Brandon's the director of our organization. Uh, Brandon was second in command of the entire VA in North Carolina. We asked him what I was doing, and I said, well, "I'm trying to get a job at the Alamo." And he said, "Is that what you really want to do?" And I said, "Not necessarily, but I, I'm, having, I'm having trouble finding employment." And he said, have you ever heard of peer support? And I said, no, what is that? He said, peer support is somebody with lived experience who's willing to share their experiences with other people that, you know, somebody that might have a similar struggle. So basically what I do is if, say, Dale is struggling, I'm walking walking with Dale through the fire saying, hey, listen, brother, I don't know how you feel, but I can relate to what you're going through, and we're going to get through this together. And he said, said, and Brandon said, I want you to come work for me. Um, And that's basically what I get paid to do. I get paid, in my opinion, I get paid to be a good example. I get paid to support people. And that's what, that's at the the core of who I am. I mean, in the big scheme of things, I'm a drop in a bucket. I'm just somebody that's trying to share the same hope that was given to me. And guys, I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in good fortune. I believe in preparation, meeting opportunity. I believe that, I believe that most all of us have a talent or a gift. And when somebody sees that in us and they're willing to invest into us, it's up to us to take the ball and run with it. And, you know, and that's what Brandon did for me. He said, listen, Ricky, I'm not going to give you anything or hand you anything, but here's the door. He said, here's the ball. He said, you know, you got, you, I'm going to let, you know, you, you have to make this happen. And I, I said, that's all I need is an opportunity. So um, I took, you know, veteran service to the Carolinas. They put me to the peer support uh, training. I was certified. And that's how my career began. A year and a half ago, or about, it's, about, it's been a little over a year, my wife and I, we moved up here to Jacksonville. We took a job here. The same scenario, guys. I came to Jacksonville the same as Asheville, not knowing one person, but I knew how to network. I knew how to connect with people, and I started doing that. And as soon as I got here, COVID-19, it, it, it kind of shut everything down. When COVID-19 happened, I saw so many people. They broke character, and they basically just gave up. 
and I saw that. I said, I refuse to do that. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stand strong. I'm going to stand tall, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be an example of, pers- of perseverance. And my career catapulted through through COVID-19 with the use of Zoom. Um, from my from my house this past year, I probably gave 50 presentations, you know, through the use of Zoom, and it's broadened my reach. It's broadened my reach and my impact, and I've been very blessed. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to close this so we can um, talk about other things. Guys, if you have a vision or a goal, uh, the most important step is the very first step. Um, you don't have to be great from the beginning, but you must begin to become great. So that's awesome, Rick. Yeah, man. Um, first of all, man, every time. I hear your story, uh, you know, it almost brings tear to, tears to my eyes, because, like how you have persevered. And I tell your story to a lot of people, uh, you know, yeah. and I, I, I'll, I'll pull you up on Facebook and I'll be like, man, listen to his videos and stuff like that. I mean, because, you know, like you said, you know, people are watching. You're like a mentor to us yeah. for what we're doing, man, and we appreciate everything you've done and it's extremely humbling to, to see where you are. Yeah, Rick, you know, I, I've known you for a long time and, uh, we, we've been through quite a bit together, you know, yeah. and, and yep. a lot of the same similarities in our life other than, you know, the drug addictions, things like that. Yeah. But, uh, I lost my parents young. You've lost your parents young. Uh, yep. you know, just a lot of the similarities joining the Marine Corps, and when you when I met you that first time, we hit it off, yeah. And we've been friends ever since, you know. And I watched you go through so much that you know that's it's tough to watch a friend do that when yeah. you can't help them. And at one time, you know, I remember you saying that you said so many people have just had to go like your like your stepdad and say, "Well, I can't I can't help you no more." And I think that that's. A lot of times when people get to that point, that's their breaking point. That's when they feel there's no no hope left. But you took that as I'm still not gonna give up. You know, and that that, yeah. that says something about it, man. That says a sure. lot about you and your character. Uh you wanted more for yourself, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, initially with my dad, he, he put me out, you know, I was I was bitter at first, and I, I made myself out to be a victim. I, I wasn't a victim. I created victims. Um, I wouldn't stop. Like I said, I, I couldn't be trusted. I done burned every bridge that I had, and people were tired of my mess. And, you know, you know, guys, when we, when we victimize people and terrorize, you know, I terrorize my family, we're not obligated to forgiveness and second chances and respect. It's something that's got to be earned. And some people's there's going to be people that's never going to forgive me, and I'm not mad at them for that. I, they have that right. I just have to. You know, I've apologized, and that's all I can do, and I just have to I have to move on with it. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes apologies only go so far for certain people. You know, it depends yeah. on how deep they're cut, I guess. But yeah. um, I think that one of the things I take away from what you were talking about, you know, you were talking about your Marine Corps training, helping you yeah. adapt and overcome, and that's something that I think a lot of people get away from is that yeah. mindset of. And I don't care what branch you were in, uh, you were trained to to adapt and overcome. And also, but you know, when you get put, when you get pinned down, you're supposed to call for help. And that's yep. a lot of a lot of times. That's one of the hardest things as as men, and I'm sure for women too. But is to show that weakness that we need help. Yeah. Um, Be vulnerable. Yeah, you're vulnerable. Yeah, and you and you feel like yep. it's a weakness instead of just a trial that you're going through at that moment and yeah. 
I think that that's one thing that, you know, my hat's off to you about is you never let that – you have at times gave in, but you never gave up. Sure. I mean, and, and then we, you know, we talk about improvise, adapt, and overcome, you know, and adjusting and things like that. What I relate that to is, is, is faith. And, guys, a lot of people have this misperception about having faith. They look at faith as like a gamble. They only think, well, I have to, all I have to do is have faith and everything's going to work out. That's a small piece of the puzzle. So, right. you know, as I mentioned, you know, I moved to Asheville and then Jacksonville. Not knowing, I went on faith. I, I believed in my heart that this, these places were, was where I was meant to be at. So, guys, when we go on faith, for me, I speak for myself. I, the, the most important step is that first step. I'm, I'm willing, when I, when I believe this is what I'm supposed to do, I make a plan and I execute it. I know from the beginning that this plan is not going to go perfectly smooth. It's going to go left or right. Yeah. And I'm yeah. willing to accept that from the beginning. You know, I'm willing to accept the risk, the reward, and the consequence. And, guys, if, if, if when we went on faith and every single plan, everything went perfectly smooth, we're not going to go through the process. So I, I had the mindset, I'm going, to, I'm going to embrace the discomfort, and I'm going to grow through the struggle. You know, struggle is not failure. That's growth. So that's from right. the very beginning, I'm willing to, you know, I'm going to take responsibility. And, and for anything that go, doesn't go, I'm not going to blame other people and make excuses. I'm not going to point the finger. I'm going to take responsibility for it. Right. And I'm willing to accept whatever comes with it. And that's, that's what going on through faith is. And that's, that's, been, that's been so beneficial to my life. Yeah, I, I think faith, you got to have faith in, in something. Yeah. Sure. And, and but you also got to have that willing to want to want to do better. I think that's Absolutely. a big thing is so many people and I know myself included there's times that I say I want better. It's easy to say words. It's harder to put actions into play, you know. So I sure. think I think a lot of times that's what's going on is we hear people say I, I well I want to do better, but they're not willing to stick their neck out like you did and take that extra. You took that first step, but then Tomorrow's another step, and then the next sure. day's another step. You know, those step forwards got to be more than step backs. And, yep. uh, you know, my hat's no, off to you it's, for it's that. The com- it's the comfortable misery that I mentioned earlier. And then this, you know, like I said, guys, I do, I do community outreach, and I come, in, I come in contact with homeless veterans often. And there's a lot of, you know, I, often, I see on social media a lot where people are saying, you know, I can't believe that there's not, not services for this or that, and there shouldn't be homeless veterans, which I do agree. But, guys, here's the thing. When you – this has been my experience, okay? When I've, I've encountered homeless veterans and just homeless individuals, when somebody has been in that situation for 5, 10, 15 years, like I, like I mentioned, they, they they become good at surviving in these situations. Right, they're comfortable. So I, I've encountered so many people. I'm like, hey, brother, we can help get you employment and into housing, but you have to leave this environment behind. Nine times out of ten, they stay where they're at because they're, they're comfortable in that. The thought of transitioning to this new environment – it's all, like I said, it's overwhelming, and it's the fear of the unknown. So, I see I see this often within within the line of work that I do. Right. I was going to ask you too. You know, when you talk about having faith, and a lot of that too is having some faith in yourself. You know, sure. so what what was it that really kind of that that switch that flipped that was like you, where you had enough faith in yourself to go on to say you know i'm gonna do this like this is it well for um for, so, so so initially for me it was meeting my wife okay um i knew for me to have a, have a chance with her i had to be the best i had to be the best the best that i could be and um i was willing i was willing i was willing to commit to that you know and when when i met julie i was still on felony probation and i finally got out, got out of the system People often ask me, they're like, how did you get out? Of, how did you get out of, out of the system? And here's my, this is my mentality of it. 
to beat to beat the system, you got to become a part of it. I had to commit to following the rules. I had to pay the money. I had to go to court. I had to do what they said that, that they told me to do, and that's how I got out of the system. Yeah. So for me, it was me. For me, it was meeting her. It was having somebody to believe in me, and somebody that and that motivated me to just, just. And I, and I was I was sick. I was sick of living in that environment for ten years. You know, I was. I gave I gave substance use and I gave the system control over my life for ten years, and I was just tired of it. And I was willing. I was willing to do whatever I had to do to uh, to be a better person. Yeah, that's awesome, man. You gotta. You got to have something to work towards, you know, and a lot of times it's that whatever it is that you can find that happiness in that you didn't want to let go of, which yours was your wife. I think that's important. People have to find something. You know, we talk about purpose a lot on our podcast and and that was your purpose was to be at a standard where Julie was happy with you, um, wanted to be with you. And yep. and you were happy with yourself. In the end, in the end, you're happy with yourself better that way. Well, I and I think God puts us through things, you know, and and you know, sometimes, man, it, it the way somebody grows up and the things we go through. And a lot of veterans we've talked to, the way their upbringing, like I couldn't imagine it. But it's you know, you're using that for a positive. And turning it around and and using it to reach people, to help reach your hand out and help pull them out of the darkness. And that, I think a lot of people need to understand. Just because you've been through something, doesn't mean you can't turn around and help somebody. Sure, I mean, and, and Lee, I'm, I'm I'm not the exception. I'm not the exception uh, to the rule. Okay, I'm still human. I still wake up. I still wake up negative on days that you know, I think I could I could easily lay in pity. Think I'm I'm a convicted felon. I can't drive. My son's dead. I refuse to do that. It's, it's, it's very easy to be negative, um, but I'm human. There's days that I get selfish, I get discontent, and I have to remind myself every single day of my why. Why are you doing this? Um, and I have to I have to search for positivity every day. It could be going to the gym. It could be do, could doing community outreach. Um, today, this podcast is my why. So I have to start. I have to search for these things every day. Uh, peace, peace, and calm and motivation doesn't just fall into my lap. I have to go. I have to go after it. So. That's yeah, a great point. That, uh, I deal with every day. Yeah, that's a great point, Rick. You know, you're just talking about that. You have to find sometimes. Sometimes that stuff doesn't just fall in your lap. No. Well, most of the time, <laughs> things aren't just yeah. going to fall in your lap, you know. And I think that's a great example of, you know, what what you're talking about is you have to go out and search for it. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes that's work, and so many times people – give up before and they might be right on the brink of you know finding exactly what they need and you know we're not trying to put you on any kind of pedestal i know you don't like that kind of thing but you know me knowing you and lee hearing your story and and now everybody else hearing your story i've seen you on tiktok giving your story at the the uh the silky march the other day uh, that yeah. was cool, man. I'm I mean, showing everybody that picture. Like, hey, who's that guy? <laughs> yeah, dude. That, that, but you know, how many ears were listening to you that day? Um, and how many people listen to podcasts? And how many people listen to uh, people at the VA or at you know wherever you know whatever yeah. it is? And they take that 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 next step, like we was talking about that that next step that pushes them past. But every day you have to wake up and try to find that motivation and I, I think that's everybody i'm i'm sure, I mean, i'm the same way you know and, and others like i said there's there's like i said i get discontent days i get i get i start having self-doubt 
and it's when I as long as I keep pushing forward and, and like I'm a really routine structured disciplined person I do the same things every day that keep me on my toes um, three about three months ago this is what this means to, this is what this journey means to me I was contacted by a Marine Reserve unit in Johnson City Tennessee and one of the Marines he was like I think he was 25 years old he overdosed on he overdosed on fentanyl and he passed he passed away well their, their unit contact me and said ricky can you come speak at his memorial and to all to all the other marines and i said I, i'd love to wow. there's no way that i was going to say no this is how serious i take this my wife took three vacation days to drive me seven hours so i could speak for, for 30 minutes that's 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 what that's what these that's what veterans and that's what these active duty uh service members that's what they I mean, this is my calling this is my passion you know god god has everything that i have God's blessed me with. It's not mine, so I'm just I'm just giving I'm giving it all away. Anything that's I'm you know wisdom, wisdom, knowledge, experience, whatever I have, I just keep, I'll give it away, trying to give some hope. Yeah, Rick, I know you were home this last uh, this last weekend and last week. Um, yeah. How how did that go for you? It was uh, <clears throat> home is home. It's, it was good to be home. Uh, my, my my hometown is my hometown treats me. I mean better than I deserve probably. Um, it's, it's, I don't, you know, it's the first, in the past eight years, I've probably been home a total of seven, of seven days. And every time that I've been home, my wife has been with me. So this is the first time that I've been home by myself. It's, um, it was a little overwhelming. It was a little stressful because I, I couldn't see everybody that I wanted to. Um, I got to speak, I got to speak in the same court that I was sentenced in. I got to speak in a couple of church, you know, churches and speak to the football team. My hometown has been so good to me, so anytime that I get an opportunity to get back to them, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to say no. So, it, overall, it was a great experience. That's awesome. I, home's always going to be home, but yeah. there's so many guys, that, and I say guys, so many veterans that need to hear your story. And not just veterans, but people, you know. Yeah. It isn't just for veterans. There's, there's people that struggle every day with, with things that you, you, know, you struggled with, and, and that's why we – you know, we focus on veterans quite a bit because Lee and I both are one, but we're trying to get out of that realm of it's just for veterans. Yeah. We love our veterans. We love the veteran community and we'll never turn our, our, our focus away from that. But there is a lot of people that need to hear uh, struggles that, and people that accomplish goals and, you know, get over those, those hurdles like you've done. Sure. Um, and yeah. I, 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 we all we all we all need some hope you know what i mean and, and something else i want to throw in guys in regards to my son's my son's death i'm not a i'm not a why me individual i'm not a pity individual i never i've never questioned god like why did you why did you do this you know my, my son made a bad choice and that's what it comes down to without and this is my son my son unintentionally left me this gift he left me like this he left me this ace in a hole and this is what i mean Without without all that happening, I wouldn't be here today. Do I, does that mean I hurt less? No, absolutely not. I, I still hurt, but you know, this, it's why well, I, I think God places adversity upon our lives so we can get we can grow from it. And that's well, that's the way I choose to look at my son's death. His son, his death was a gift to me to be able to to reach people who, you know, when I when I speak to an individual or somebody comes to me that's that's possibly struggling, or a family member, you know, who's who's lost somebody to suicide. I'm I'm able to get on their level and have that actual experience with it, you know, just to let them know I out. I don't I don't know how you feel, but I can relate to this. So uh, that's been that's something that's that uh it's been it's been been beneficial to my life. That's a big thing about yeah. helping people is not 
Not necessarily. I know I hear that all the time. Well, you wouldn't know what it feels like yeah. to be whatever, you know. And that you're they're right. I don't. But yeah. but you understand yeah, with I that when it comes to that. Story. You can relate, you know, and that's that's big. And I'm glad that you use that because a lot of people wouldn't even talk about that in your situation. Yeah. They would just keep that to themselves and they keep it buried. And it's just something they don't bring up unless it's around family or real close friends. But you're, you know, you're being an open book about it. And that's giving people hope and something to, to try to work on. Again, they're, they're sure. again, it's, it's a goal for them to get up the next day. You know, they're never going to stop thinking about that. It's always going to be yeah, on their minds. Right. Um, so, man, Ricky, I, I tell you, you know how I feel about you and you know how, and you know how much I love you, man. And I tell you, I, I love that your story is getting out there. I'm, man, when I seen you on, on TikTok, on that TikTok, on this. So they're reverent warriors. Yeah. 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 I seen a guy post your, he was videotaping your speech and he posted it on his TikTok, which by the, by weird, you know, coincidence coincidence that i was actually friends with him on tiktok you know and yeah. seen it and i was like hey i know that guy and he's like man his his speech was awesome you know i i think that people he had you had a captivated you know audience you got their attention when you you know yeah. so that that's what we need in this world we need people to get out and talk about their problems because someone else is actually going through that same thing they just may not be as bold or not comfortable enough to talk about it yet sure and and they like for me like what I, I spoke on i spoke on campus junior probably 50 or 60 groups and wow. you know my, my whole intention you know don't get me wrong i enjoy doing community outreach but a lot of times with with the, with the active duty with the younger active duty population um they're they're more they're more impressionable and they absorb everything that i'm saying you know a lot of times when i when i approach somebody that's 40 50 and 60 um so many times, those you know, we, we get so set in our ways, and we're thinking, "What can you tell me that I don't know?" Right. So with the, with, the, with the younger active duty, I'm able to plant some seeds, and my and then my my whole approach with what I do is I'm just I'm just trying to I'm just talking about the consequences of bad choices, accountability, um, and talking about you know I want to inspire people to not give up, you know, and just and keep moving forward. Yeah, and I and you know, like I said earlier, I share your story with a lot of people. Like Dell and I work with a lot of veterans. Um, you know, with our jobs and, uh, you know, a lot of the people that we work around or work with that, that are veterans that have been through some of the same things you have. And I, and like, you're like, it's my go-to be like, Hey, do you know this guy? Have you seen this guy? And, you know, I'll pull you up, you know, social media, your platform. Like it's been awesome. Like it's just growing and growing and you're, you're being able to reach so many people and, uh, and, you know, we're trying to do our part to help you know, push that because you're, you're like, I, you know, said before, you know, we're, we're not trying to put you on a pedestal, but your story and what you're doing, man, it's, it's remarkable and it's, it's awesome. And we try to share it as much as possible because it's, I'm telling you, it's changing people's lives. I appreciate it. And, you know, Lee and Dale, I want, I want to say this also, I, by no stretch of the imagination, I, I don't use it. I never use the term self-made. Okay. I've worked, I've worked extremely hard to get to where I'm at. But I've had I've had great support along the way. You know, nothing was handed to me. But I, I learned that you know, to, to, I learned to make the best of the relationships that I had. You know, it was give and take. They do for me, and I do for them. And I, I want to say this publicly, Dale, because I tell you all the time. Um, you know, 
Dale, Dale saw me struggle. He saw me when I was nodding off at work, doing some, you know, just not living a very good life. And Dale never judged me. Dale still fed me. And, you know, through, through Dale's compassion and empathy, it, that taught me to be a better friend to other people. So, Dale, I love you, brother, and I'm always going to be indebted to you for the way, you, you know, you never you never treated me any different. And I never, I'll never forget that. Well, that's what brothers do, man. And, yeah. uh, well, I, I can tell you this, man. You've influenced me uh, probably by far more than I influenced you. So, I just want to keep. I just want to keep you um, out there, letting people hear your story because it's 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 a motivation. It's it's you know it makes people see that there's hope and in this life. You know, a lot of times, a lot of people don't have a lot of that, and yeah. you're given that um, with just your story, and that's why we do what we do here at the podcast. You know, like you, COVID hit us hard with yeah. uh you know with the the t-shirts and and stuff like that you know and we've not been able to do a lot of the stuff that we wanted and we <laughs> we're like you man we want to keep it going so lee and i were like there's only one thing we can really do right now and you know by by him you know him having a, his brother here that's with us right now noah helps us do this because if it wasn't for noah we couldn't do this you know so those things we like you we have to use what we have at our disposal to keep things going and hopefully you're doing it for the good. And if you're not, you know, if people are not, you can, you can be, you may not think so. Like you, I'm sure there was a time in your life that you didn't think you'd be doing what you're doing right now. Am I correct? (laughs) Four years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, I always, you know, looked at you and watched how you, you know, talked to people and interacted with people and people always just loved Ricky. You know, they, I remember walking around and hearing people say, you know, man, if he just straighten up a little bit, he is an awesome dude. You know, he's funny. He's a good guy. You know, got a big heart. And yeah. and, and they weren't wrong because you do. And, uh, you know, I seen that in you. And when I seen you and Julie get together and I started seeing the change and the growth and, and you know, you opening up more. And then, man, I'm going to be honest with you. And I think I've told you this before, you know, yeah. when when you lost Landon, I was like, oh, no. This yep. is going. This is where it's going to spiral back. You know, I thought Ricky's going to go into the totally opposite direction than where he's headed, and yeah. and you didn't. And man, I tell you that right there. If that doesn't motivate people, if that doesn't give you any kind of inspiration, if you're listening right now and you you've got bad struggles right now, listen to that man. Not just not did he just overcome his addictions and and thefts and not being able to drive and and everything like that, but he lost his only son and. Yep. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't wither. He didn't go back. He didn't. He kept stepping forward, which is tough to do. Even just as you wake up in the morning and be like, "I don't feel like working today," you know, and or doing this today. I don't feel like you know. If I'm not high, or if I'm not drunk, or if I'm not, you know, lusting over you know women on porn, whatever your addictions are, you know, man, you get your ass up and you do it. And my hats off to you, Rick, for that. Because, dude, I, I'm telling you. I don't know. I don't know if I could if I could do that. You know, as a father now, yeah. listen. You know, hearing that, watching it. I you know I was there. I, I was right beside you there that evening. You know, and yep. and this is probably one of the strongest men I've ever seen in my life. Uh, my family's had that tragedy in it with one of my. You know, he might as well be my brother. We were so close. Yeah. You know, um, so I watch my aunt and uncle, and they're they're totally opposite of you. You talk about it and share it, and where I've seen you know 
people like them that just shut down on it. You know, they don't want to talk about it. They, it seems like it's a coping method for them not to talk about it. Where to you, it's uh, you cope with it for using it for, ben, you know, benefiting someone else and for good. Yeah, for good. And that's got to be tough on you every time you say those words coming out of your mouth. I know you have a feeling in you, you know, in your gut, but yeah. but you do it because you know it's going to help someone. And yeah. man, if we okay. had more people like I'm that, sorry. go ahead. You, you, you mentioned, yeah, I mean, like, I, I probably, I probably spoke and shared this probably close to 200 times, and every time I do, you know, I've I, I spoke, I spoke almost 20 times in one day on Camp Lejeune to 20 different groups, Dang, and it's like I relive trauma every time I do it. You know, it's it's never like something that's easy to do. It's not like a skit that I'm going. It's not like a routine. It's something that, you know, it's, it's emotional every single time. So there's times that. You know, when I get home, I have to decompress. It's like a, it's like an out of body experience. I mean, it's a physical and mental drain. But um, like I said, I feel called to do it. Um, I, like and guys, I care. To, I I care to be an example when I'm when I'm in front of people. I want to be somebody that uh, an audience or the, or a veteran population looks at, and I want them to I want them to see he's who he says that, that he is. I see discipline with him, and he's somebody that I want to be like. Those things matter to me, and I work very hard at. You no, know, I work very hard at that. Well, I'm proud of and, you, man. Um, and Lee, Lee you, you asked me something earlier that I want to touch on real quick. Um, so for me, when I when I when I when I committed to getting sober, my mindset was this: my, my way of doing things was proven to fail over and over and over. And when I met my wife, it was like God said to me, "Ricky, let this let this woman guide you, and let her lead you." And I, that's what I that's what I did. And you know, it was it was a it was a brutal process because this is you know having somebody to sit in front of you. you know, my, my wife, she enlightened me. And when I say enlightened me, she she don't tell me what I want to hear. She tells me what I need to hear. And that's not always. It's it's never it's never. Uh, it's it's a painful experience to have somebody sit in front of you and say, "Hey, listen, Ricky, this is the way you appear to other people. This is what you did to offend me." But that's part of growth and that's part of adversity. And I'm surrounded with people who inflict that pain upon me out of love, so I, so they can see me grow. Um, a quote that I live by this day is, "When you surround yourself with people who have nothing to lose." They're going to help you lose everything that you have. Mm-hmm. So today, I surround myself with people like Dale, like Lee, people that I know is going to hold me accountable. I know they're going to tell me what I need to hear, and that's just that's the way I live my life today. And we appreciate you, man. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Uh, man, I won't keep you much longer. I, I really appreciate you coming on tonight and uh, giving us, you know, your your story. Um, I know people are going to listen to this. We've already been talking. I know Lee's been telling people about it. I have, and I'm sorry it's been take it's taken us so long to get okay. to get you on um, with everything going on. Life is busy sometimes, and I know you're busy, sure. we're busy. So, but I appreciate you coming on, and man, I tell you, I, I just I just know that somebody's going to hear this, and it's gonna it's gonna help, and that's what we're here to do. And just keep on, man, keep on being being the Ricky that you are now, because uh, it's gonna you're gonna change a world of people that you don't even probably know you know and that's what's awesome about it absolutely well, i appreciate the kind words guys and um if anybody's listening and you can you can find me on facebook ricky johnson jr you can message me anytime that you that you that you want to i may i may not have all the answers but i can promise you that i'll listen to you and um, i can always give you my perspective so you know if anybody's having thoughts of self-harm you know get some help talk to somebody ricky we appreciate you man Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you too, guys. I love y'all. Love, love you, you too, too man. Buddy. Be good. Have a good night. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.
What a powerful story. All right, guys. Go ahead. Oh, I was almost in tears, man. Yeah, man. Like, His story it's, it's is, is moving. It's so moving. And it's I so mean, inspirational. You know, and I think people need to understand that to, to do what he did, he had to walk straight up to that mountain. And a lot of people see that mountain, and they turn around and be like, no, I ain't climbing that mountain. Yeah, it ain't because you're going to climb that mountain, and sometimes you might slide a few steps, but as long as you dig your feet in, you keep pushing forward, you, you'll get to where you want to go, and that's that's what he's done. Like he said, you know, he still wakes up sometimes with self doubt and and stuff like that, and that's human nature. But yeah. he's uh, his his story to be able. I mean, like I said, man, I I tell people about him all oh, the time. Yeah. Like at yeah. work today, I was like, hey man, we're doing this podcast with this awesome guy. I pulled up his picture. I was like, hey, you need to look him up, listen to his videos. I said, you know, he he's awesome. And uh, I really think this episode is going to reach a lot of people, yeah. and it's, it's going to help change somebody's life for the better, for sure. Noah, being that you're younger, mm-hmm. what, what, did that, what did that do? How did that, you know, touch you? How do you think, what do you feel about that podcast, or, you know, him talking like that? Yeah, I think, you know, just from my perspective, um, it really, it's really motivational. Um, being able to see all this person who is, who had made those type of mistakes that, you know, they're easy mistakes to make. People make those mistakes every single day, but was able to, you know, overcome those mistakes and, and better himself. And, you know, now he's going out and, you know, basically letting other people know, like, like, Hey, you can do it too. You're not alone. You got this. Like, I just think that's awesome. Um, it's like kind of eye opening in a sense. Um, because that idea that, that you're not alone, like a lot of people don't, don't realize that or don't really think that other people have went through the same things that they have, uh, no matter how common it may be, no matter what it is. Um, there's always going to be somebody out there that's, that's went through the same pain, and, and struggles that you have. So it's, it's definitely, uh, it's big, like being as young as I am. Cause I know that there's a lot of younger people, uh, that have done those things and, you know, hearing this type of, uh, thing and this, this, this guy who has done that, uh, you know, I guess the earlier, the better they know, like, Hey, like you're not alone. You can do this. Can turn it around. Yeah. That's so. awesome. Yeah. I, I think that, he touches so many different levels. You know, you, you heard him talk about how he was molested as a young man. Um, and then... Drinking it, drugs as a the, kid. As a kid, yeah. I mean, it was all right there at his disposal, you know. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I know uh, this episode is, you know, near and dear to us. And it's something that we've been wanting to do because his story is so strong. It reaches so many different types of... Uh, emotions that people have and um we just hope you guys enjoy it we appreciate you guys listening and um we got some other great guests coming up so and they're not all going to be sad and and you know ricky's not sad of course he's happy now so but this is just a, a good one to follow up what we talked about last couple podcasts about um 
goals and the purpose. goals and purpose and getting achieving those. You know, Ricky's achieved those, so that's why we wanted to get him on right after that. So, and as always, guys, if you you know, just like Ricky said, you can reach out to him, Ricky Johnson Jr. You can reach out to us. Like, if you're going through anything, re- don't hesitate to reach out. Like that's that's what we're here for. We'll get with you, and if we can't find a way to or if we can't help you personally i promise you we'll find somebody who can that's right yep all right guys thanks a lot appreciate you peace peace